Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. When I first encountered the Orthodox Church, I happened to be in what was then the Soviet Union. And when I walked into one of the churches for the first time, I was a little overwhelmed. Because of course, many of the churches in Europe do not look like ours. Ours is very Spartan in comparison because we have so much white space. We have icons everywhere, but in comparison to the churches that I saw in the Soviet Union, we have nothing because every single inch of every single wall was covered in icons, full figure icons. And being a typical secularist American, I, as I like to tell my friends and my family, I have a bruise on my chin from my knee-jerk reaction because it didn't make any sense to the typical American mind. And so I want us all to have sympathy for our fellow Americans on this day, the day of the Sunday of Orthodoxy, when we're parading around with icons. And if we happen to be in a, in a bigger city or in an Orthodox country, we would be processing around outside, declaring to the world our true belief, our right belief, our glorious belief, our orthodoxy, that icons are not, o- not only belong in the churches, but are necessary to the faith. Interestingly, in our study of the liturgy and our meditation upon the liturgy, the anaphora, which is where we are, is helpful in explaining why it is that icons are necessary. Today I will be reading from the anaphora of St. Basil the Great, which is appropriate since we're doing his liturgy now that we have entered into Lent. But know that John Chrysostom says similar things. Master of all things, Lord of heaven and earth, and of every creature visible and visible, You are seated upon the throne of glory, and behold the depths. You are without beginning, invisible, incomprehensible, beyond words, and unchangeable. In theological schools, we call this apophatic language. And it is language that just about everybody would agree with, including secularists and atheists. Because if God doesn't exist, he's invisible. If God doesn't exist, he's unknowable. What we're describing here is that experience of the church, of God, that radical other that exists somewhere out there that we can neither see, nor touch, nor ever truly comprehend because he is beyond the ability for our rational mind to even begin to comprehend. And then things radically change. You are the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great God and Savior of our hope, the image of your goodness, the true seal of revealing in himself you the Father. God sends His only begotten Son to become a human being, 
so that we can experience God in the flesh, so that we may partake of his divine nature through the body and the blood of Christ, that we might know him in an intimate way, that we might be able to touch him, kiss him, embrace him, to see him, to know him. And so here we have two radically different experiences of God. The experience of God as ineffable and unknowable and invisible, where we use apophatic language, which is to say, we say what God is not rather than what he is. And then you have the experience of the church with the incarnate Christ, who is known, who was touched and seen. And the Orthodox Church has always insisted that both are true. Heresies throughout the years have insisted on one or the other of these two experiences be either downgraded or completely abandoned. Orthodoxy insists on both. And therefore, the icon as a theological statement is a continuation of what orthodoxy has been insisting from the beginning. It is a statement about God himself, about the fact that the experience of the church includes both the apophatic experience and the incarnation at the same time. And icons allow us to express that faith because obviously they insist upon the incarnation. If we insist that we have icons of Christ and his saints, they must exist. We insist on the incarnation. There is no way around it. If we get rid of the icons, if we get wishy-washy about the icons, they're not necessary. We can have them if we want. Then we open the door to the reality that Christ never became incarnate because we're not insistent that we can paint pictures of him. The idea that he came to Thomas to show him the mark of the nails and the hole in his side can become just a story rather than a fact of history. But icons also allow us to experience firsthand that apophatic reality of God. Because in that mere wood and paint is the personal presence of Christ in every single one of his saints. Something that is beyond our rational mind to comprehend that standing next to you guys over there is John Chrysostom. Standing over here next to you guys is Gregory the Theologian. Over here you're in the presence of St. Nicholas of Myra. That up here behind me is John the Baptist and the Theotokos that they are standing here with us, worshiping with us, praying for us right now. And the church insists on this reality because of what Christ says today in his gospel. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see more than these. That the heavens have opened. And this is a grammatical structure which says that The heavens have been opened. They were opened in the past and they're continuously open into the present. And that you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And again, this is a grammatical structure which says they have been in the past ascending and descending and they were continuously doing so until the present and in the current present. Nathaniel is in the presence 
of the angels. He's in the presence of the heavens flung open. He is in the presence of that ineffable, unknowable, and invisible God made knowable through the incarnation of Christ. And we experience those things that Nathaniel at that moment in time could not see through the icons. We get to see what he did not. There are the angels. There's Michael and Gabriel ascending and descending upon the Son of Man who stands right here in front of us. And so it is necessary that we have icons so that that prophecy that Christ gave Nathaniel and to us comes true here and now. And this is why we start Lent by proclaiming to the world the necessity of icons, that in an icon we see our entire faith. This is what we believe, that God sent his only begotten son to become a human being so that we might be able to see that ineffable and unknowable God, so that we could know him, know his love, and have him enter into us so that we can see the angels, we can see the saints, we can see heaven flung open for all of humanity to walk in. This is our faith. This is our faith. So may we have the knowledge and the strength and the courage to go out there in a world which does not understand and explain it to them. Demonstrate your enthusiasm, your love, your faith, can be as simple as having a small icon at work over your desk, talking to it, asking things from him or her or whoever is in that icon. So that maybe somebody says, what's up with that? And so you can smile and explain who this person is and why they are in your life. Plant a seed so that one day, like Nathaniel, they will see. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever to the ages of ages.